This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Off we go to the Helderberg to connect with Alma Pollard, who is the executive director of the Green Times. She's an eco consultant and a coach. And yes, very much aware of the Green Times, of the new IPCC report. We heard what the Democratic Alliance had to say in the news today. We heard a lot about it yesterday. And uh, good morning to you, Alma. Thanks for covering the story on the Green Times, something we can pick up again in greater detail next week. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, I just thought that um, having just had um, Women's Day, uh, it would be good to have some women's voices also heard today. I agree with you. So we've heard a lot in the media about the Madupi power station, apart from the explosion over the weekend. To see it, uh, although gone way over budget, it's been exorbitant. Um, it carries with it a little bit of a record of being something enormous in what it does, one of the only of its kind in the world. So on the one side of the fence, Alma, like, wow, look at what we're able to produce, even though it's been a bit of a nightmare around corruption, etc. But on the other side, there are people that live right close to this thing that's uh, busy burning coal day and night. Absolutely. And this is this little place called Vipalali in Limpopo. And apparently it was a once beautiful and luscious place before this build started 15 years ago. By the way, I was trying to find out exactly how much cost and I, the best I could find was by 2019, which was the extended period that it was supposed to be finished. Mm. It was 451 billion rands. And it is now the biggest, and it will be the biggest uh, emitter um, in the world, more than Britain, of carbon, of of gases, Mm. of of, um, climate change gases. So, yeah, nice track record, yeah. Yeah, not looking good, but what is this going to do for the people? I mean, we've we've got to remember there's still women, children, families, people, animals, all living and continuing to do what they do every day. What effect is this having on the communities? Well, you can imagine the the, the, um, the noxious gases in the air there. We're talking about sulfur dioxide, nitrogen dioxide, other greenhouse gases in the air. People are sick. Mm. People are unemployed. They were obviously promised um, jobs. That's always the story. Some people got short-term, three-month um, jobs, and, and they've all, all, most of them are already unemployed again. Mm. So unemployment is high. People are not well. Um, they're battling with their health. The water infrastructure has been destroyed. It is a water-scarce area. The people are really suffering in the area. And even though they live right next to this is in their backyard, the biggest coal-powered um, power station in the world, They most of them don't have electricity. Wow. So, I mean, this is the truth that we also need to hear. And this story comes from Women of Change, Earth South Africa, and two other activists who are helping the people in the area also to get a voice. So, I mean, you need to understand this place, this gold was supposed to, they got a loan from the World Bank, on the promise that they would install what's called uh, flue gas desulfurization um, filters. So they would be making sure that they are not pumping all of that stuff into the environment. This impacts not only on the the, the closed communities, but on the whole world. We've got greenhouse gases, and we know where we are with the greenhouse gases at the moment. And this um, filtration system has never been um, installed they uh, they battled with it for two years and then they gave it up. 
so they are just saying, and then of course they got permission from the government to um, overstep the law mm. on NDSs, minimum emission standards. So they get special permission to over to to emit more than what the rest of us are allowed to emit. So you know, it's a it's a bit of a a joke, this whole thing. And everybody thinks it's not cool and they're celebrating that they finally finished the build after 15 years. But at the expense of the local community, at the expense of climate change and water, and and something needs to be done about that. Yeah, the story is sharing such uh, uh, crazy com- uh, information from one side, the world's biggest coal-powered p- uh, power station, to the people living next door having no electricity, of being um, having this noxious gas that has not been taken care of, a system that was supposed to be installed that wasn't installed, um, and people that are saying they're living right next to this and their lives are miserable. Uh, we, we forget about what industrialization, the effects that it has, but there must be ways, Alma, to practically assist, but uh, we're not seeing anything, certainly not yet. Well, they are saying that, you know, the World Bank should withdraw their loan because they did not honor the terms of their loan. Um, and um, goodness knows, you know, where that money will, will come from, probably from your and my pockets, <laughs> mm. from our tax money. Um, so the big, the, big, the big picture here is that the new bills, Madupi Kasuli and, and, and the Messina Ricardo Special Economic Zone, are massive obstacles in our efforts to mitigate climate change. And nothing can at this point be more important than that. Because we already have the extreme weather, the floods, the, the droughts, the fires mm. is part of that, and the, and the heat. So it's a very bad timing to do something that is the opposite of what the world is doing. They are decommissioning coal powered power stations because they have to reach their targets for, for the for the world emission standards. So South Africa is unfortunately going backwards with this, and they're not looking after their people in the process. We are needing a decentralized energy system. Can you imagine how many solar systems could have been erected for $451 billion? Mm. And all your people could at least have been on solar, and we could have had cheaper solar facilities available, which is currently still very expensive. It could have made it easier for all of us to go off on fossil fuels, and that is that is the stop, stop mission to, that we should be focusing on. I'm fascinated by the story, full of information. I've not read anywhere else, including the fact that at this stage that the Madubi power stations uh, emit three times as much sulfur dioxide as the entire Britain. Uh, and these are these are, are scary statistics at a time when we just spoke about the uh, report, the IPCC report. We heard this morning one of the opposition parties talking about the need for ren- for for renewable energy sources. We have had this been have this conversation for years. You and I together here. It's been had around the world, and this is still happening. Um, with the effects that it has been happening. So we we need to start looking at alternatives. We need to be doing something differently, not the same as what we've always been done. This is not just in this context, Alma, but also in other areas of life and wellness and looking after our homes and our families and our communities. We can't just keep doing things the way we've always done because then the IPCC report is just going to tell us in the next report that comes out saying we haven't changed our behavior. And that is the case. Mm. You know, on the whole... 
And climate change is still escalating. Um, our emissions are still escalating. So uh, we have to do everything differently. And this is not just the government. Yes, them absolutely, because they take these decisions. But you and I on the ground, yeah. we think we can just hang on like usual and drive around as much as we like and have as many plugs on as, as we like and as many unnecessary lights as we like. Um, we have to rethink our lives entirely if we actually want a future for our civilization. So, you know, I just always say, you know, think of your children. You know, you might think, well, I've had the bulk of my life. Maybe not. Mm. Because our threat is absolutely imminent now. It is in the next few years that things will go completely awry. So there's nothing more serious. So I think this story, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, not, it's not to point fingers. It's for awareness. You know, in the, once one becomes aware of something, the problem is 50% solved. You first need to know that you suffer from an illness, for example, before you can start sorting out a cure for your illness. But, but if not awareness, then nothing happens. So this is what we need to understand. This is not working. We cannot continue on fossil fuels. And whilst you and I are on fossil fuels, we have to use the absolute minimum energy possible. Are there unnecessary plugs on in your house in the moment? Mm. Even I am sure I'm guilty of that. Are we managing to switch everything off at the wall, pull out the plugs if necessary? Do we know the consumption of everything? Do we jump in the car for the smallest little thing that we need? That needs to all change. And yes, we have to put pressure on the government, absolutely, and vote with our pockets. And I'm trying to figure out a way in which solar energy can be made affordable to people like you and myself, because most of us still can't afford it. And I'm talking to the industry and trying to work out something. And I'm hoping to come up with something quite soon, actually, which is very exciting. But in the meantime, Mm. before you go onto solar anyway, you have to cut your consumption right down. So that goes without saying no matter what we are able to do in the future. Yeah, um, I'm. Uh, I've just recently moved into a, a new place, Alma, and uh, very pleased. One of the things that was a, a, a good turn on to me to make a choice was the fact that it came with a solar geyser, and just wanting to and just seeing already the huge difference, even just with the one or two sunshiny days we've had just this week, the difference that it's already made in consumption. That occurred to me like, yeah. how come everybody needs this? You know, if you're able, everybody needs yeah. this. It's just incredible well, way. I've had a solar geyser for about 10 years, and yeah. so there are things that can be improved. For example, yes. they insisted that I have to have a backup that goes on twice a day for three hours. That was law at the time. Mm. Now, I finally got somebody to take that backup off. Yeah. You can bath and shower when you have naturally hot water. Yeah. That backup takes a lot of energy as well. So, again, we can tweak things even better than what they are. My power consumption was still high, despite my solar geyser, because of this backup system that was constantly going on when I wasn't needing water. So we have to constantly re-look at ourselves and see how we can do things better. Yeah, that's not a bad idea, just to go do a stock take, a little audit. Let's have a look at why why do we have the recycling bag that's bulging? You know, it's not a trophy to have a full recycling. Why is there still all those food scraps going? Can't we be composting? Uh, does the, do those things need to be on? We only we, you know use that thing over the weekends or sometimes not at all. Why is it continuously plugged in and on standby? Like do a little audit around our homes. I think we'd be surprised what we're capable of, and we we can't say Absolutely. oh it's. And, you know, I keep my phone always on power saving mode. Always. Mm. Why do I have to take more power than I need to? 
all your basic uh, um, apps that you want open, you can shift to, to working on power saving. So already there, tiny little things, but all these tiny little things add up, especially if thousands of people do them, then we're going to start seeing that we move the needle, and that is what we need to do. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.